Welcome to the Healing Hour. I am your host, Athena Rodriguez, and we'll be having some healing conversations. Welcome to today's episode of the Healing Hour podcast. Today we have our guest, Darrell. And tell us a little bit more about what you do. uh, Well, first off, she said my name is Darrell. I'm a social media manager. Um, I help people grow their Instagram accounts to monetize their passion. Um, I mentor kids. I write books. Um, I pretty much do anything when it comes to what I love to do. Um, And I just figured out how to make money from doing it. So I'm trying to teach other people how to do that as well. Awesome. So tell us a little bit more about your businesses, um, because you are a coach and a teacher. Yeah. Um, you market your abilities. So tell us a little bit more about what you help your clients accomplish. Yeah, so I, mean, I help them accomplish uh, building a brand because um, a lot of people on social media, they have a hard time with actually building a brand that influences people to buy things. Um, so I pretty much help them with their image. Um, when it comes to growing their followers, setting up their bio, giving them structure on just how to present themselves. Because um, I know that when I was first starting off, I really didn't have a good feel of how I wanted to look on social media. And that's like the biggest thing right there is, is a look, because that's what's going to influence people to, to work with you. Everything starts from the outside and then it comes from the inside. So just helping them uh, build some structure with their social media accounts. Um, I'm also helping people ghostwrite books. So I help them write. I help them publish um, I edit the books, things like that. When it comes to just what they love to do, um, I'll help them do it. Awesome. So tell us a little bit more about imaging because that's something that building my brand that um, I needed more coaching on. I'm still developing my brand and my image. So I guess what do you think would be the most important aspect of building a recognizable brand? Yeah, I mean, so when it comes to like image on Instagram, you always want to start off, I spe- uh, specialize in Instagram, so I, w- I would probably speak about that more. The followers are really key um, because there's a lot of people in real life, they have real value that they add. Um, they change people's lives behind the scenes, and people just don't feel that energy on Instagram. So, like, you know, working on getting more followers is, like, really key. And then also just using your voice more, which is what you're already doing, um, because people want to hear that. They want to hear that human aspect of who you are. Um, sometimes people can get lost in images. They'll go to somebody's account and they only see that they have these images, but I never hear your voice. I never hear how you sound. Um, and that greatly influences people right there. So oh, making sure that you always have new people following the page too, because if you depend on the same audience, you almost feel like you're being stuck and you're at a standpoint. But when you always have new people coming to the page, they kind of affirm that you're doing what you need to be doing. I think that's a big one. Um, I actually had somebody tell me, somebody who sees me all the time at the gym, he literally came up to me and was like, who are you? Uh, And it was that moment that I figured that being an introvert wasn't going to work out for me (laughs) because I'm naturally an introvert. So Uh, when it comes to being in front of a camera and speaking and things like that. Like I never liked to do it yeah. despite being a broadcast uh, journalism major. Like yeah. I didn't like to be in front because I like giving my thoughts on the back end, mm-hmm. but um, I really seen my following grow um, like up to like 20 something K because mm. I actually started making videos 
And I'm like, oh, that's all it took was just to make a couple videos so people mm. could get a feel of my personality. I didn't know that was so important yeah. when making your brand. No, nah, it really is um, because, and, and a lot of people on Instagram, they'll have these business pages, right? And they're like, I'm trying to grow my business page, but their business page only has like a logo. And I always tell people, people are not trying to buy the business first. They're trying to buy the person. Um, so if they can identify the person behind the brand, that's how they can get a good feel of what you're really finna provide. Because they want social media is all about trust. Nobody wants to do s some business with somebody and then get scammed. So when they have a good image of the person, they can hear your voice, then it's almost like they know you. Mm -hmm. So it's very easy to say, you know what, I want to work with you. I want to be on your podcast. I want to buy something from you. Um, just because you already gave them a good feeling of who you are before they even actually met you. Right. So what do you think is, like, how do you grow your following? Because I think we could all use that advice to take our brand to the next step. So yeah. how do you get to that next step? Um, so I take the old school approach when it comes to, to marketing. Um, because when I was working a nine to five, um, I was working at a night job at IHOP and I was also a carpenter. Um, I had a lot of experience in marketing um, for my internship and I wanted to use that um, in my business, I didn't want that to just go to waste. Um, so I really had to learn about marketing and sales. I, I did not know about those words, even branding. I, I did not know about those words. So the main approach that I took was to give more, to receive more, right? Mm -hmm. um, it's kind of like the old school concept. If we didn't have social media today, um, I would have to go out and knock on doors. I would have to post flyers, uh, probably have to pay for a billboard. Um, that's what marketing is. It's about getting in front of somebody's face and getting them interested with what you're doing. Um, so that's the approach I take on social media. What I do is, is that I send out supportive invites on Instagram because that's the only thing that's kind of missing is the invite button. You got the follow button and you can just follow, 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 but there's no type of organic engagement in the middle. So if people just see that you're following, then that, that's all that they want you to do. That's all that they expect you to do is just follow. Um, so what I do is, is that I'll find some accounts. Let's say if I wanted more followers coming from the Houston area, um, I'll go to places on Instagram, type in Houston, and then I go to the most recent section. And you can see that all of those people that post in that section post one minute or two minutes ago on Instagram. Um, what I'll do is, is that I'll send out at least 150 through 200 supportive, inviting them back to my account. Um, so what I do is I support their accounts. So I don't wait for them to come like my pictures, comment on mine. I'll leave a supportive invite and I'll comment on theirs. And then behind that, I'll leave an invite saying like, hey, let's follow each other. Now, if you only do that to five or 10 people, it's not going to really build traction. But if you do that to at least 150 through 200 people, all of those people see you in real time and they start to discover you in real time. And that's what marketing is about. It's about being discovered. If you're just posting on Instagram, you're probably posting to the same people because the algorithm is not trying to push your content out there. So I just take the approach on inviting new people to my page and always making sure I have new people discovering me every day. Okay, that's actually, I never thought about that before. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess that does make sense because whenever I press it, whenever I tag a geotag, I find that I get like, like random people from that area, from yeah. traveling. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess that does. So in terms of, like, you and your students mm. and what you teach them, I guess what are some no-nos when it comes to once you actually get those followers to maintain them? Yes, yeah, so no-nos. So uh, how can I, I got to put it? No-no. So no-nos so is this, is that you want to make sure that you're always, because the algorithm is like this. You can have 10,000 followers on Instagram, but if you only have at least 100, 100 people or 200 people watching your stories and liking your pictures, your content is only going to show to them. So you, the, the thing that you want to do is you don't want to not engage with the people that's following you because those people have to see your content or they're just following you and they're not, they're not showing it. 
Um, so always engaging with people. Finding somebody to engage with. Um, a lot of times on social media, we can just sit back and just feel like we just want to receive, receive comments, receive sales, receive, and you have to go out and actually put in work. So um, a big no-no to me is not providing the value that it takes to get them interested, whether it's like, you know, having a podcast, you know, making a video, doing little things that bring people into your world. You know, a big no-no to me is only posting photos. It's photos because that's not a human aspect of the business. People are not buying photos, they're buying you. Um, so I think that that's one of the biggest no-nos when it comes to it. Um, and then also like blurry pictures and blurry content, things that just don't just hit right, you know. Um, hire a, photo a photographer or go buy a camera. But the last thing you want to be doing is posting like, you know, bad quality images, but then you have this real value in real life and, and you're providing that value and it's helping people, but you just look like very small and very crusty on social media. Like <laughs> Not crusty. I mean, you know, but <laughs> I, I, I help people with that. You know, they're not crusty in what they do in real life. But it can come off like that on social media when... I know, you know exactly what you're talking about. You know, I, I've seen some crunchy photos. You know what I mean? So uh, I think those are the two big no-nos right there. Oh, yeah. And then so also like with the... So how do you, I guess, how do you um, convert following? Because you can have like a huge following um, and then not get people to actually get or buy your products That's or enroll true. in your programs. Yeah. So how do you convert followers to dollars? Yeah, so I, like I said, I take the approach on like, you know, give more to receive more. So a lot of people on Instagram, they don't use the, um, they don't use the direct message button, right? They wait for people to message them. And this is just my approach. You know, there's plenty of social media managers that can tell you differently. But uh, with me, I take the approach on DMing people. Right. If I see that they're they're actively online, they post one minute ago. I know if I send them a DM, most likely they're going to check it within that day um, because they're already online and people are always checking their DMs for new opportunities and new things, uh, new people that they can work with. Um, so what I do is, is that I'll send out like maybe 50 or 70 messages to my target audience um, each day. You know, it's not something that's like real salesy with like a like $50 or saying like, oh, this is this is how much it costs. But just checking. Are they interested? Right. Are you interested in what I do? Or hi, my name is Darrell. Um, I do this. I build websites. Let me know if you're interested. I send that, uh, send that out to people. And boom. If somebody responds to me, I instantly try to get them on a phone call. Because when you're typing to them, sometimes people can still get lost in thinking that you're a scam because people are just taking people's accounts on social media these days. Um, so I try to get them on a call. And once you get somebody on a call, it's very easy to like actually convert them because now they're in your world. Now they feel your energy. And if you have that real passion and you have like, you know, that drive and you love to do what you do, they're going to feel that. They're not going to be asking about your resume. They're not going to be asking too much about like the people you work with. They're going to be sitting there and actually allowing you to teach them and allowing you to like, you know, show your expertise at what you do. So I think that going to the people, you know, if you have a target audience, um, let's say they're in Houston, let's say that they're nothing but women, sending them direct messages, send out 50, you know, each day. And um, let them be interested before you actually try to sell to them. That's marketing. And then get them on a call, take them through your sales process, and that's how you convert them to dollars. So um, do you do any work with influencers? Yeah. Okay. So how would you – what's the advice that you would give to, say, a micro-influencer or an expiring influencer on how to really get brand deals and capitalize off of their image? Yeah. I mean, brand deals. So, ooh, that's, that's, a, that's a good question. Brand deals, so on social media, appearance is very big. 
appearance is very big. People need to feel like you're the best at what you do. It, not necessarily on like some people. Some people will just go organically just off of who you are. So I never want to just say like nobody will ever you know rock with you if you have a low. But you want to make sure you have a high image. Like people can really feel like, okay, this person is like really big. Like they got 70,000 followers. They got a verification mark. Look at their photos. They're all crispy, clean. They got videos. I can hear their voice in them. All of those things are first appearance. It's almost like, you know, you tr you're going into a job interview, um, and they're telling you, like, hey, you know, we want you to come up here because like, we like your resume. But um, if you get up there and, like, you have stains on your shirt, you got, you know, you know, uh, baggy jeans on, uh, a hat that don't even match what you're doing, it, everything just looks, like, out of order, they're not going to hire you based off of your appearance. That's just how it is in life. So, Having that high image, you know, making sure that, like, you have that type of following. Um, and then also, like, sharing uh, the things about you. Because I think that on social media sometimes we share the things that other people want to see. But then we need to share things about ourselves that other people want to see. Because right. they may not have that aspect of who we are. Because mm -hmm. um, a lot of conversations and things we do is behind the scenes. So they, they have that special quality about who you are if you don't share that. Um, so I think that making a lot of reels, you know, because reels on Instagram is, is pushing everything. They stop kind of, you know, in promoting videos, but making reels and, um, yeah, just being as creative as possible. So how would you go about, like, reaching out to, like, a big brand? Um, big brands. So how I would take the approach if I wanted to work with a brand, what I'll do is, is that I'll go to their account, I'll like a couple of their pictures, um, and I'll send them a supportive invite. I'll be like, you know, oh, I love this page. Let's follow each other. Um, I'll do a lot of giving because these brands don't know us. So we have to put ourselves in front of their face. There's so many people that want brand deals, but they're just sitting back and waiting for them to come. So if you identify a brand that you want to work with, you know, see if they have networking events in the city. You know, go out there and just show up, you know, just just talk to a couple of them because you never know what that conversation is going to lead to. But a lot of times when we're trying to get brand deals, we wait on the brand to come to us. So if we can get in front of these brands, if they have like a, oh, like an event in the city, maybe it costs $20 or maybe it's free, going out there, you know, making sure that your your appearance is, is, is correct and step into those people that you know is the CEO or the people that's like the creative director, getting in front of their face and actually pitching to them and letting them know, I want to work with you. I think that that's all it really takes when it comes to working with people. So how would you, like, set yourself apart? Because, like, I mean, you can go up to a brand and, like, okay, like, I know y'all see I'm cute. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But yeah. how, do you, how, do you, how do you stand out? Because there's a bunch of cute people. Yeah. Like, and there's a bunch of people with a bunch of followers. So how do you make yourself stand out to where, okay, like, I want to work with you. I want you to influence for our brand. Yeah, I mean, showing that showing that love that you have for the brand that you're trying to work with, you have to show that. Like, going up to them and just like, hey, I want to work with you. Um, how do I do it? It's like, okay, everybody says that. But, like, sh you know, sharing your story, sharing, like, the things that you're really passionate about because that's what people buy. Um, when it comes to brands, there's so many brands that, that do exactly what the next person does. So if people only buy when they feel like, okay, this brand has more love when it comes to it. They're way more passionate. They're, they're, they're way more articulate at how they put themselves out there. They're just way more structured. Um, so I would say, like, if you're getting in front of a person, showing them how much love you have for what you're trying to do. I think that that's what separates you. If you just go in and just, like, feel like you're entitled and they're just going to give it to you, um, then they'll start to look at you like everybody else. But when they start to see you talking to them passionately, you're sharing your story, you're probably talking to them about things that you've noticed about their brand, I think that they kind of see that passion, and, and people always want to work with passionate people. That makes sense. 
So, so again, like what made you what made you start to assess your skills and decide that they were up to par enough to sell them? Because I know a mm-hmm. lot of people have very valuable skills that they don't necessarily feel like they're confident enough to monetize off of. Yeah. So when did you get to that point to where you felt confident enough to actually monetize off your skills? Yeah, I mean, I got comfortable when I learned about sales. That was like my big turning point when I learned about sales because I was like, okay, how do I actually, you know, convert followers into dollars? And I had things that I did. I used to do photography. Um, I would I would build social media accounts, but I'm like, okay, how do I actually get people to want to work with me? Um, and also like show them my skills. So I, I really got comfortable when I learned about sales. And I learned that like when you're trying to sell something to somebody, you're doing them a favor because if you never s- try to sell to them, then they'll never actually get what you have to sell. And and that's how everything is 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 being sold in life is people trying to sell something to you, whether it's commercials, whether it's billboards, um, whether it's somebody pa- passing out flyers, something is always being sold to you. Um, so when I got comfortable with knowing that sales is a great thing and it's not like a pushy thing or like a, a greedy thing, I think that that's when I started to like really put my skills out there. So once I learned about that, that's what just like made me go and just like, you know, looking back from there. I definitely resonate with that. Like I definitely have not um, done the best at um, actually like the sales part of yeah. my business because I don't want to come off as pushy. So that's something that I need to like get over so how yeah. would you get over that stigma of not wanting to feel like you're pressuring people yeah i mean just with that mindset the you know, mindset of like you know selling is you're doing somebody a favor when you're selling to them because if they never say nothing it's like they can't get what you uh that you're what you're what you're trying to add value with and so having that mindset to know like hey this is how the world works you know i have to sell because if i don't sell then i'm doing people a disjustice you know, um, if somebody's trying to get a new car and that salesman is not like he doesn't have the passion when you when you're talking to him to sell that car, it's like, OK, you're not going to go to him and you're almost doing him a disjustice because he needs a car. So you need to push him to get the car. You know, if he comes in and you get his number, call him back the next day. You get his number again. He's still saying that he's interested. Call him again. Call him again. Call him again until they say, hey, you know, I don't want it. But most of the time. People want that because that's how they're naturally, you know, that's how they naturally have adapted. They need things to be sold to them. Um, So with my approach, if somebody tells me like they're interested in something that I have to sell, I push. I don't, you know, if you if you tell me you're going to buy something today, but then you don't the next day or two days later, I'm going to hit you up. Hey, you ready? Oh, I need another three days. Okay. Hey, you ready? Like like continuously keeping that that interest level up. Um, so having that mindset of like, I'm doing somebody a favor when it comes to selling something to them. Okay. I guess that makes, that makes more sense. Like yeah. doing someone a favor yeah. because otherwise, uh, they would want it for free. Yeah, they would. Like with this, I'm, I'm a KDP self-publishing mm-hmm. workshop and I've gotten so many like questions about how to do it, about mm. how to structure a book, about how to write a book, how to edit it. Yeah. And nobody's offering to pay for their service. So I'm like, okay, like moving forward, I'm not going to feel bad about pushing someone to buy it because you're pushing me for that information back. Yeah. So I definitely, I definitely think that is a beat in running um, a social media business and along with like running that kind of business. So what made you, um, I guess like what made you start looking at social media as profitable? Oh, profitable. What really did it? Um, So when I first started, when I first made like social media money, and that's what I call it. I call it social media money. I had is this app called Sweatcoin, 
and it pretty much pays people to walk. Like, you get paid to just, like, walk. I don't, I don't know what it was. It's kind of weird, but it was just, like, they pretty much pay you for the miles that you walk. If you hit a certain amount, um, they'll pay you. I seen that, like, okay, you can get a referral for getting people to download the app. So I'm like, hey, if I can get five people to download the app, I can make $20. So once I started to send out some messages, people actually responded, and they downloaded the app. And I had got, like, at least five or six people, and then that's when I got paid $20. So I was like, okay, like th this is how it's working. Like it's com it's almost like influence. Like mm -hmm. it's about like, okay, people have to like who you are and they have to like, you know, you have to kind of put out there what you want them to do. So I realized it was valuable when I realized like, okay, I'm influencing people, right? I have to influence people to, to get them to do what I want to do. I almost have to sell my way through life. Anything that I want to do, I have to sell my way through it. So once I started to see that approach that all I have to do is be confident enough to step to people and, you know, have a product that I know that they need, I think that I started to see that social media was very valuable because all the people started, you know, maybe I'll send out like 50 messages a day, maybe four people respond back, maybe two people get on the call, and I'll close those two people. I just realized like, okay, if one person will buy something from me, millions of people will buy it. So that's where I started to see it was profitable, and keeping that mindset has just kept me going. You know, I haven't went back to my old 9-to-5 job, um, even, even days where I went broke. I never had a, the mindset of like going back and putting the application because I understood like social media is all about selling and you have to just continuously like keep your pipeline full and not rely on the same people. That makes sense. So, but leaving your nine to five, how was that transition? It was, it was hard. It was really hard because I didn't really have the support system. There was nobody supporting me saying like, if you leave your nine to five, we're going to give you some money. We're going to give you a place to stay. We're going to have everything for you to make sure that your dreams go right. And so it really took me, like, going into my imagination and really, like, seeing how is this going to work, right? I had to really imagine it. Like, I had to really feel that feeling of not having a job because that's that's normal. That's what everybody does. Everybody um, really in society, they really feel like they should have a job. And I didn't want to really – I didn't want to do that no more. I've worked at jobs like Carl's Jr., Whataburger, IHOP. I've already done it. Um, and I wanted to experience how it felt to be a full-time entrepreneur. I was always like, that was my dream. Like, not like being a side one, but like being full-time with it. So my transition was like, you know, I had to sacrifice some things. And, you know, I had found, me and my brother, we was talking, and my mom was giving us like a deadline that we had to get an apartment. And I was like, man, like if we get an apartment, I'm going to have to keep a job because like, you know, that's, I got to make sure that we up to date on these bills. So what I did was I sacrificed getting an apartment and I got an office and I pretty much had to slip, uh, sleep at my office for like maybe six months to establish my business. Um, I couldn't really have money to go out like that. All of my money was just being put back into like my business and what I was doing. So it's, it was definitely a sacrifice. But I think that if you have that feeling, and you know, something is going to work, it's going to work. You, you'll never have a feeling of something is going to work if it's not going to work. So I think that it, it was very tough, but if you can make up in your mind that, hey, you know, this journey comes with risk and it comes with sacrifice, it starts to be kind of fun because you're like, okay, I'm going to take those risks and I'm going to make those sacrifices. So at the end, I don't have to do it again. And at the end, I don't have to make those same risks that I, I, I did five years ago. Right. Okay. Yeah, I definitely feel that. Just transitioning from workspaces, I feel like 
is hella, hella full. <laughs> um, for me, my transition was like out of working in the nightlife um, and then also doing my own um, entrepreneurial contract work. Mm. Um, and I would say the only thing that, that I've had to hold on was just faith. Mm. Like literally sheer, pure faith mm. has kept me on my journey, kept me afloat. Um, because whenever I don't think that there's, I, you just can't think that you're going to fall. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You just can't think that there's, you think of the worst scenario, um, only the best scenarios, yeah. or else there's no moving forward. Yeah. And for those of us who choose not to uh, pursue a traditional route, faith is all you have at the yeah. end of the day. Yeah, faith without works is dead. Right. Honestly, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Sure. So we're going to talk a little bit more about about more, more the leaving to 9 to 5 journey whenever we come back from our break. Okay. So we'll be right back. Okay, and we are back, and we were just talking about having the faith to leave a traditional nine-to-five yeah. and being a full-time entrepreneur, full-time dream chaser, and so how do you feel like you decided to have the faith to do that, and how would you tell the audience that ha- what they have to do in order to achieve that goal? Yeah, you know, so... I'm not going to even lie to you. You know, I wasn't I wasn't always on the level of leaving a nine to five. I was I was scared most of the time. Every time I would lose a job, I would have the mindset of I need to go fill out five applications and and get a job. But once I started to really realize that, hey, everything that I'm doing comes from my imagination and that the things that is in my imagination are real, um, then I was like, okay. You know, I, I can act on these things because I have a feeling. A lot of days I didn't have money. Um, I didn't have just the business structure, but I had the feeling. And I think that when you have that feeling, I think that that drives you. So in the great words of Albert Einstein, he says, um, master the frequency of the, re- the reality that you want, and you have no choice but to get that reality. Um, he said, it's no other way, um, and it's not philosophy. So, you know, to me, that was a code. That's, that's like a law. You know, if you can master the frequency of the reality that you want to be on, um, then you have no choice but to get it. And, you know, the three, the three insights that I can give to people on, like, you know, that quote right there is like, okay, what is frequency? Um, where is our frequency? And how do we match that frequency? Right? So um, the frequency that I'm talking about and what is frequency, um, frequency is pretty much like waves of units that pass through time. Yeah. Um, so if you step outside and you feel like the sunlight, you see waves of energy coming down and you can feel them. Um, if you're in a car, you know, and the sound is on, you can feel you can feel waves of sound coming to you. But your heartbeat is beating right now. That's waves traveling through your heart and uh, allowing it to beat. Um, if you walk in a room and somebody is angry, you can just feel that that wave of energy of that anger just hitting you. So, frequency is pretty much like waves. Now, where is our frequency? Our frequency is in our human imagination, um, because we have these mental images that are always just being conjured up and just like you know, being spread it around. And when we, when we close our eyes, we can actually see them. Um, so those are waves of, of mental images being pushed out into the universe. They're not here just to be there. They're actually being pushed out. And then also, how do we match the energy? And matching is the, the secret right there. Like, like Albert Einstein said, if you can match the frequency, you can get the reality that you want. Um, so number one, I would say when it comes to imagination, the first step would be to like, you know, obviously closing your eyes. If you're in a room, close your eyes. And with your imagination, you don't want to just imagine the beginning. You want to imagine the end. You want to already feel like you have that, that, that possession that you want. Like you want to already feel like it's yours. You want to, you want to see the people that you're going to meet. You want to smell how it's going to smell in the room. You want to see the money and how it feels. You want to, you want to feel that. Um, because what that's going to do is that's going to create a vibration. 
And that vibration is going to go straight through your body. You're going to feel that. As soon as you come out of your imagination, you're going to have this vibration. Now, step two is keeping the vibration um, because you have to keep it. You have to keep that energy and that, and that feeling that you had when you were imagining um, because that's the only way that you're going to be able to bring those mental images into real life. Um, so making sure that you're keeping those energies, those, uh, making sure that you're keeping that vibration. And how do you do that? You do it by work, right? You continuously, and that's why they say in the Bible, faith without works is dead. Because that's pretty much like the secret right there is work. And most people think like, man, it's so simple, like just working. But working is actually vibration in action. Like it's not necessarily you working. It's your imagination working. But it's just it's just we have a stigma of thinking that we're doing everything and everything is just like on us. But it's really like our imagination that's creating that and that vibration. And then. Once you actually keep the, the vibration and you're working, you're going to start to see that turns into a belief. And when you have the belief, that's where everything automatically starts to happen. You know, you have this belief now and you don't even necessarily have to feel like you're working. You know, you feel like you're doing something that you're called to do that's purposeful and you almost know your, your journey and your mission. Um, after that belief, those beliefs turn into frequency events. And those frequency events are just most people don't even see them coming. They just like, wow, like, thank you, God, that this event happened. Or wow, like this, I can't believe that this is happening to me. I never thought that I would get to my life where I actually seen this day. And frequency events are pretty much like events that's happening on one frequency. And there's multiple frequencies that you can be on. But these frequency events, you have to be on these, these frequencies to actually experience them. They're all connected, but sometimes you can leave the frequency. Um, it's kind of like uh, if you was in a space like we are now, and if we get Wi-Fi as soon as we come in here, as soon as we leave, the Wi-Fi is going to disconnect and it's going to leave. So you have to make sure you're always on that frequency to experience these frequency events. Frequency events are just all about making sure that you're, you're, you're seeing exactly what you want, right? Um, so frequency events are being led by the beliefs that we have. Um, they're not random. They're, they're not just by coincidence. They're happening because we're on a specific frequency. If I leave here today and I say I want to go get some McDonald's, that's because I'm on a frequency of eating McDonald's. That's not random. That, that happened because I'm just used to eating bad, and I believe that I should eat bad. So that's mainly how you take something out of your imagination and you bring it to real life. You, you have to create new beliefs, and those new beliefs start with, like, your vibration and keeping that vibration that you had in your imagination. It's definitely, like amazing to see like the manifestations that I've seen mm. come alive in my own life just by aligning myself to certain vibrations yeah. whenever I first moved to Houston the apartment that I was looking at mm. when I first moved here um I knew it was too expensive for me but I went on the tour anyway mm. and so this is my first apartment ever not even just in Houston first apartment on my own yeah um and I went I booked the tour I touched the walls, I visualized, I took pictures, and I left. Because clearly, um, where's the money at? Mm. <laughs> and then, after that, I got an apartment. It was like a studio in Midtown. And when it was time to, about two years after that, uh, I applied to a bunch of apartments, and the one I got accepted to was that same apartment that mm. I felt, that I took pictures of, that I said I couldn't afford it. Yep. Um, and it just fell into place. Um, and it was actually, I was able to double the size of that apartment. So I was looking at a studio, and God gave me a one-bedroom. <laughs> so he's, he multiplied the square footage, doubled, just based off me saying that, okay, like I was touching the walls, feeling the walls, that these are mine, I live here, mm -hmm. I would put this furniture here, mm -hmm. my bed goes here, I'm decorating. Yeah. And eventually it was mine. 
Yeah. Or you created that vibration in you. You know what I'm saying? Right. And that vibration has no choice but to be put into reality. Right. Exactly. And you, you probably believe that you should have that. Yes. Um, and it was a strong belief. So like. It was. Yeah. It definitely. I'm from Boston. So you don't just meet like, 20 year olds with high rises in yeah. Boston. And you're probably looking at like, $10,000 for a high rise in Boston like Man. a month. Like it's crazy. Mm. So um, just being able to do that and being able to and, and the gratefulness that followed it helped me multiply the things that I manifested. Yeah. So because I followed through with gratitude, mm. I was able to manifest even more. And yeah. so the next time I moved, I moved into a house mm. because I was so grateful. Every day I woke up, I would look around the apartment and say, thank God for my view. Thank God for my couch. Thank God for my bed. Thank God for these seats. Yeah. Thank God for the money that I have every month to pay for this rent. Mm. And every month, behold the money kept coming to pay for the rent and yeah. it was through gratitude that i was able to manifest that yeah yeah i would call those you know the money now the money they're always coming in those are frequency events you know right. because at any point in time the money could have just stopped coming you know um same with like me with like business like my my what my life right now depends on sales so i have to make a certain amount of money like each week to make sure like i'm i'm actually living but those are frequency events that you don't necessarily have to worry about because you're on that frequency. You're right. on the frequency of knowing that this is mine. This is my apartment. I deserve to be here. Mm -hmm. But if you, as soon as you start, you know, feeling like you don't deserve to be here and you lose that gratitude that she was talking about, now you go back into down to a different level of frequency where you used to be at, and then now you're going back to the old stuff, you know? Right. So how would you say, how would you, what are some tips to keep in that frequency? Some tips? Yes. To always take risk, honestly, like, you know, when you when you see something in your imagination, um, you're going to start. So I tell people always to live in the end because you don't have to worry about the beginning. Everything is going to be shown to you when you live in the end. Um, so doing all the work that you see in your imagination, as soon as you as soon as you come out doing the work, you know, if somebody's trying to start a business and they, they trying to leave their nine to five. Go ahead and start putting money to a side. Go ahead and start uh, starting up an Instagram page. Go ahead and start um, reaching out to people and letting them know that you're starting a business because that keeps you on that vibration is that work. Um, and, and working is all, is, is all about just vibration and motion. Um, if you can keep that, like I said, it turns into a belief. And once you have a belief, the universe just automatically works for you. You're, you're, you're already on that frequency. Um, it's just sometimes we we tend to go back to our old beliefs and we tend to start looking at ourselves from the, the past and we start to realize like, hey, like, OK, in the past, I didn't have that. So you go back to that old belief and now you're thinking and now you're putting yourself in a different vibration and now you're getting the old stuff that you used to get. So I would just say, like, always working, 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 um, never stop working, no matter if you think that you're working too hard, because what you're doing is that you're you're creating that vibration. You're making sure that you're keeping that vibration. And it's not just like, you know, you have it one day and then the next day you don't. So I would just always say, like, finding new things to work on and finding new people to work with that are on the same level in the vibration that you're on so y'all can keep each other accountable. I think, like, one thing I struggle with, too, is um, when things aren't going my way, how do I um, stay in that frequency? Yeah. Like, I, like, like, lowering your frequency will make a bad thing worse yes. <laughs> immediately. Like, yes. like you ever heard, like, if it's not one thing, it's another? Yeah. So yeah. it's like when it rains, it pours. But it starts pouring because you, you've decreased your consciousness and you've decreased your vibrations. Yeah. So now you're receiving all the, all the bad things that you didn't want. Yeah. So it's like it's been a real 
um, has been a real journey for me to escape pessimis- pessimism. Yeah. Um, and just kind of not focusing on my reality and living in my future. Like you said, living in the end. Yeah. Um, because living in your now will put you in that low vibrational, like, oh, I don't have this, I don't have that. Yeah. Um, yeah, your senses. You, you're going off of your senses, and you're trying to affirm that, okay, since I don't have it, and I'm looking around and I don't have it, and that's true. But like, like, like I was saying, like, everything starts from the inside. And that's why I talk about imagination, because there's this, there's this illusion that everything is happening on the outside. Once you feel like you have something on the inside, then you have it. But right. it's all about standing that vibration and standing it long enough to create a belief. Mm-hmm. And then that belief puts you on the frequency of the people and the places that you need to be in. So with you, like, if you're having trouble with that, always going back into your mind and living in the end again, you know, because sometimes we have to go there. There's some things that maybe people, they put us out of place and make us feel like, you know, it's not coming. Or maybe we have something that happened in our life to make it seem like it's not happening. Going inside of your imagination and, like, if I can see it and I can feel it, it's mine. Nothing on the outside can tell me because everything starts from the inside. Right. No, that's definitely like super important is to not focus on your surroundings while you're trying to manifest the life that you want. Yeah. So um, as, you know, being a like non-traditional worker myself, um, that's been, that's been the thing that I have to just ignore. Yeah. I just have to keep a blind eye to it. Like, like, okay, like that happened. Okay. Next. Yeah. Like, you know, um, not living in the now, but living in, I'm going to be okay. Like and affirming that I'm going to be fine. Yeah. Um, if I take that risk, (laughs) so definitely, um, and then, so I guess like before we end the show today, um, I do want you to go over of how we can reach you Mm -hmm. and, um, what products we can buy from you and things like that. Yeah. So, um, you can reach me on Instagram, um, at Darrell Reels, um, D-A-R-E-L Reels. Um, and then also like if you're ever trying to buy something from me, um, feel free to reach out to me through DMS. Um, I'm always on there. Like I'm always on Instagram. That's like my main platform. Um, and when it comes to just like working with me, um, the products that I sell is that I sell organic services when it just comes to growing somebody's account, like they're following. Mm -hmm. Um, I pretty much take over as a social media manager and I help them grow the followers, uh, their self, um, you know, and I also play the role as an engagement coordinator when I'm managing the the, the page. So if s- people are are hitting you up, like you know, responding to comments or um, liking on your pictures, I'll go in. I'll like their pictures. I'll send comments back. You know, I'll, I'll do everything that it takes to for to keep them in the algorithm. Mm-hmm. Um, when it comes to my books, um, you can go to Amazon and type in Darrell Johnson. Um, my name is is, is D A R E L. So you can type in Darrell Johnson, and then two books will pop up. It'll say Activated and Instagram Power Strategies. You can order those to your house. Um, if you get the book and you DM me saying that you got it, just reach out to me, and I'll most likely try to teach you over the call because I understand, like, you know, knowledge without impl- uh, implementation is, is meaningless. Um, so that's how you'll work with me. It's like you can either DM me and say, hey, Dora, I want you to manage my page. I'll get you on a phone call, and then we'll talk about just, like, you know, the structure of how we're going to go with it. Um, or you can go to Amazon and you can buy my books and, you know, feel free to reach out to me for teachings. Thank you so much for sharing that with us, yeah. and um, and we hope to connect with you further. Yeah. Um, and thank you so much for being today's guest on the um, Healing Hour podcast. Yes, yes. So thank you, everyone. That was it for today. Bye-bye.